Veterans Path, helping veterans find peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor through practical tools like meditation and mindfulness, physical and outdoor experiences, and a community of camaraderie. I'm John McCaskill, a Navy SEAL commander turned mindfulness teacher. Here on the Veterans Path podcast, I interview veterans, athletes, corporate leaders, and many others who found peace through the practices of meditation and mindfulness, breaking down the stigma of pursuing mental health and making it a priority, improving and saving lives. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day. I'm John McCaskill, your host, and thanks for tuning in to the Veterans Path Podcast. This podcast is just a piece of what we do. Veterans Path is actually a nonprofit working to introduce veterans and active service members to meditation and mindfulness, typically in outdoor settings, so they can rediscover a sense of peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor. And that's where the word path in our name comes from. And the point of this podcast is to make people more aware of what we do to increase support of Veterans Path, increase attendance at our retreats so we're able to help more veterans, and finally to reduce the stigma around mindfulness and meditation and seeking mental health support. Listeners and viewers, if you're enjoying the show, please give us a review or a like and share the show with anyone and everyone you think could benefit from our message. Also, you can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. Today, my guest is Army Special Operations veteran, Alex Horton. Alex spent 10 years on active duty within the special operations community, during which she led the unit's cultural support team program and deployed on six combat cycles with the 75th Ranger Regiment. In 2015, she coordinated the inaugural Freedom Festival promoting yoga and meditation as a proactive approach to healing the mental and physical ailments of combat stress. Alex has been practicing yoga for 10 years and received her 200-hour yoga teacher certification from the Yaks Brothers in 2016. Alex will be attending a master's program in fall 2020 as she transitions out of the Army and goes on to pursue a career in psychology. We're going to learn a lot more about Alex, her time in the Army, how she got involved with yoga and meditation, her military transition, and what she's doing now. And that's all here in today's episode of the Veterans Path Podcast. All right, welcome back. As mentioned in the intro, my guest today is Army Special Operations veteran, yoga teacher, and mindfulness practitioner, Alex Horton. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hey, how's it going? Great to have you with us. How have you been? Good, good. Um, You know, wild times, uh, as we've talked about that we're living in, but uh, good nonetheless, you know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah. Just in case this gets aired after this whole COVID isolation pandemic is behind oh, yeah. us, which we certainly hope it gets behind us sooner than later. Uh, but that's what we're talking about here is we're living through those crazy times. Um, going back to how Alex and I know one another for our listeners, um, we'll get into her military transition and the story about you know what she did in the military, et cetera. But we, uh, we actually met at a Commit Foundation workshop out in Colorado Springs, which is ultimately where I'm going to be uh, living and where Veterans Path is going to be headquartered. Uh, but we're going through the Commit Foundation Pursue Your Purpose uh, workshop out there in Colorado Springs. And, and Alex mentioned being involved in yoga and meditation, and we instantly connected and, um, and definitely have some common interests. So I have to share what she's been doing. Um, 
And I know you've been super busy, Alex, since we since we talked last <laughs> spring. So can you tell yeah. us what you've been up to? Um, so I moved up to Washington from Los Angeles last I saw you. Um, and I kind of put the work I was doing for the nonprofit on pause during the time because I've been in the process of transitioning out of the military, which, as you know, is a handful and a lot. Sure. Um, um, and also simultaneously looking at master's programs. So as you did in the military, are, are you able to expound upon what you actually did in Army Special Operations and then how you came to be a part of that world? And uh, what made you decide that is something that you wanted to actually do? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I think everything has been pushed out into the open. So we're, we're, we're safe there. Yeah. Um, uh, originally, how I got into it uh, many, many moons ago. So 2011, there was a flyer on the wall and bathroom in a female bathroom at uh, Fort Huachuca, Arizona, where I was doing Intel school. Um, essentially said, um, join special operations, be a part of history, uh, female soldiers needed. And it was pre, um, uh, pre them, any service, any branch of, of the military allowing women to be within combat. Um, so it was essentially their way of loopholing the system and starting this this program that was originally called the FEP team program, which meant female engagement team. And, and then the name was changed over time to the cultural support team program. Right. Um, so I tried out for that program. Um, very thankfully was a young second lieutenant and <laughs> got selected, um, deployed and, and had a good experience. And uh, then, as time went on, was eventually selected to be in charge of the program nice. um, at Fort Bragg. Yeah, so that's what the did, shortened version. Uh, well, let's go into the longer version. I want to know a little bit more. <laughs> I want to dig on that. What did the okay. what did the selection uh, process? You said you got selected. What did the selection process mm -hmm. and the training actually consist of? Um, if so, you can talk to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it definitely has evolved, let's say that, yeah. uh, especially after being in charge of it. Um, you know, like we like to do in many facets in the military is, is a sort of uh, ad hoc, last minute throw things together, um, see if it fits situation. <laughs> so um, there was a couple individuals who were put in charge of the program, um, obviously um, all men from the special operations community and they were just kind of throwing darts at a wall trying to figure it out. So um, they originally made it very similar to the civil affairs and uh, PSYOP uh, selection process. Um, you had to you know, submit an application and then go to a three week um, selection, um, which was at Camp McCall where the special operations uh, Green Berets do their selection, which the the, I mean, the funny story there that like the girls from the original selection process like to talk about is there was about 40 to 60 of us that got off this bus, obviously all female and um, had the, you know, the sewn on numbers, 
on our uniforms, just like the guys. Yeah. And I've never seen a group of men turn their heads so quick to be like, what is happening? <laughs> and what did I miss? <laughs> you know, this is, this is very much pre any, any, any females being around. So it was a very interesting experience to say the least. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> and then uh, you said you went through and you end, ended up becoming the leader of the program. Um, mm -hmm. How many deployments did you do as a CST lead or as a member of the CST? And, and what was your favorite part of any of those deployments? Um, so I did six, but I, I say that um, two were the, you know, longer actual, longer deployments. And then the, the other four were more when I was in a managerial leadership position as I'm just going over there and, and dealing with all that. <laughs> what that entails um i'll leave that vague but um you know i i think my favorite uh experience i worked with several higher tier level groups of men um as i progressed and many would think that those organizations were my favorite and not that they weren't, because when you get in your 30s, men get in their 30s and older, you know, you can have more intellectual whoa, conversations. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I don't take offense, uh, trust me. I, <laughs> I still don't I think mean, I have very intellectual conversations. <laughs> when we're talking like a 19-year-old kid, it's a little different, you know. I get it, I get um, it. But, um, and a lot of those men are still very good, dear friends of mine. But I will say that I, I loved working with the 19-year-olds. And because um, they were just eager. And, and gender didn't really have a, they were a different generation, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that they were the generation that's coming up after us that doesn't see that as much and doesn't really care, frankly, yeah. um, as long as you're doing your job. And I really enjoyed that dynamic because when we were on the ground um, on missions, you know, they were just so eager to be, how can I help and what can I do? And, and honestly, I mean, in, in, uh, in the defense of all the other guys, um, those younger guys are the ones that get, um, picked on the most by the older ones so like yeah. I wasn't picking on them so they were very nice <laughs> <to me. laughs> you know nice. Um, nice. but yeah that was my favorite aspect for sure nice yeah um I can definitely see both angles there uh I enjoy I too enjoy working with both both groups as far as age um and then and then both groups as far as gender as well and it's mm -hmm. it's also promising to know that it's getting I guess, more accepted in the younger generations to be a woman in a combat role. Um, mm -hmm. Because I, the, the reason I say that is, I, you know, I've got a daughter, not that I necessarily want her going into combat, but if she wants to, then right. she's not going to have as much pushback from, unfortunately, from my gender. Uh, so yeah. that's, that's good to hear. You know, uh, it is, sorry not to go on a tangent, but no, it is please. fascinating. Um, I, because I, I've maybe regretfully, I think regretfully in some ways it may have stunted me a bit, but I have spent the most majority of my career, the, the entirety of my career in the special operations community. Um, and then last year I went to do an ROTC gig as a, you know, professor yeah. in LA. And 
I really honestly had a hard time there and which I thought was fascinating, but it was because I think, you know, like so many facets of the special operations community, we are just more advanced in certain aspects. And I, and I really think the maturity piece is a big part of that. Um, and the integration of females into these very niche positions happened a long time ago, you know, and it's been happening for quite a, quite a long time. And don't get me wrong, there's still issues in that, in that, in that world, but it's much better. And I mean, I had a reputation, you know, I had a reputation and it, and, sure. and, and, and it, and it worked. And then I went to this unit where I had peers and subordinates be like, how do you have halo wings? And just question every aspect of my service. And I was like, wow, this is still very, it's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just gender conforming and very, you know, very black and white still in the regular army. And I was, yeah. I was kind of shocked by that. I don't know if you've had that experience, but I was a little bit blown away. Um, it, not exactly the same experience, um, but mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, I have worked with, uh, the general forces in the Navy, and it, mm -hmm. it is it is different uh, for sure. You know, we do things at a different speed. And I'm not knocking mm -hmm. any, anybody, but uh, we just no. do, we're just different in the way that we attack yeah. things mentally. Um, and you know, if if they come to and work in our space, it would be different for them too. But yeah, right. I, I totally, I totally get part of what you're talking about. I've obviously never been a a female going and uh, and working in a, a predominantly men's group and then yeah. going and then going to a larger army unit but i i kind of i think i can kind of empathize yeah. so yeah um as far as your your work in in yoga so i'm going to kind of quickly mm -hmm. transition here but uh the the work in yoga and how did that play into your work in the military did you did you find that when you're in the military was that something you did before how did you start practicing yoga hmm. I want to say both, but not really. I think both in the sense of, I grew up with a very interesting dynamic of parents. Um, my dad was in the Navy, um, but my mom was a very, I, I don't know how best to describe her, but I like to say granola-esque, you know, <laughs> uh, very, very hippie, you know, Woodstock, that generation, um, and it's kind of how I was raised on her end. Um, which I'm very grateful for. Um, so I think it was kind of in me to be drawn to that. Um, I will also be transparent in saying um, my parents were both religious, but I wasn't raised with any sort of core religion. And I think as I started in the military um, and I started on the deployments that I went on that were rough and I looked around in the community that I was in that was, um, if I'm being very, very honest, um, you know, a, a lot of overuse of pharmaceutical medications and a lot of mistreatment of our bodies in regard to alcohol abuse. Um, it's hard and it was hard. And, um, you know, I lost a few very good friends and, I turned to yoga as not only a practice for my body to get better, which was originally just the intent, you know, just injuries and sustain. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, my source of 
I don't want to say religious practice, but it was for, for, for such a, you know, for a rough period of my life Yeah, and kind of kept me going originally, you know, so that's how I got into it. If that answers. Yeah, it totally does. I mean, and, and uh, I mean, I guess it's spiritual, maybe if, if that's the, mm-hmm. the term you're looking for, um, not, to, not to put words in your mouth, but I can totally yeah. see that. I mean, the times that I've practiced yoga, not that I'm a regular practitioner, but I try to, I try to do it when I, when I can. Um, I've definitely experienced um, a connection between mind, body, and soul um, mm-hmm. there. So it's, it's pretty powerful stuff. And mm-hmm. I've had several yoga therapists on the show and they speak to that same thing in that, that mm-hmm. it's not just about healing physically, but you can heal mentally and spiritually right. through, through uh, yoga. Um, in the intro, I mentioned your coordination of the Freedom Festival. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. Uh, can you tell <laughs> us more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I, I'm not sure if you've ever visited uh, Southern Pines, North Carolina, but no. It's kind of the army hub of, you know, the special operations community. Um, and it's a very interesting town. Um, but like I said, that's where I was for the majority of my career. And um, I was very fortunate to have a great yoga studio there uh, that is still there and still uh, serving the community very well. Um, and what I noticed when practicing there was that when I looked around the room, the majority of the people were military men and women from our community. Um, and I, I think like many, it's, it was a hot yoga studio. So I think like many, we all go originally just to get the workout in on Saturday morning after we're hungover. And I mean, that was like, the, <laughs> that was really it, you know, but, um, you started people going, you started seeing people go more and more and more and just the community kind of coming together around it. Um, and like I said, I lost uh, two uh, wonderful uh, CSTs. Uh, so again, cultural support team program members. Um, we lost one in uh, 2011 and one in 2013. And um, originally it was just to bring the girls together and honor uh, the, lo- the losses of our friends. Um, but it turned into something much bigger, which I'm very grateful for. Um, so I teamed up with uh, a nonprofit in the community um, that did scholarships for students or for children who had lost their parents. Um, and originally we were just gonna do one festival and, and call it a day, but it kind of progressed from there and got much bigger. Um, so the intent behind it was to you know, honor, honor the lives of those that we've lost by caring for the soul within the warrior was kind of our tagline. And so we brought people together once a year, um, did yoga, meditation, we had beer, but we also had a lot of holistic practitioners that came to the, to the event. So Reiki healers, massage therapists, all these different um, kind of avenues that I think a lot of the people within the community, you know, put their nose up to, or we're too tough and we're too, we're too good for that. We don't need yeah. it, you know. I've um, seen that. I've even been one of those people <laughs> yeah. who didn't. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and we had acupuncture therapists and all that. And, and it was really just, you know, instead of um, taking the meds and taking the pain meds and taking the uppers and all of that, it was to promote 
uh, you know, a, a more holistic way of healing. And, and I think it really caught on, which is great. And the, and the money went to sending uh, special operations soldiers to yoga teacher training. Oh, that's awesome. Now, is that yeah. something that's still ongoing? I mean, obviously with this pandemic, it's not, but uh, is that something that yeah. would regularly still be go- going on? Uh, so for, uh, unfortunately, I um, when I left North Carolina, I had to kind of put a pause to it. Okay. And, and not because um, I wanted to, because I loved, I loved what I was doing and I loved the, the work I was doing, the passion behind it. Um, but if I'm being very honest, I, I, I really needed to work on myself and started <laughs> That's important. Uh, going to th- therapy regularly. So that was kind of more my focus at the time. Uh, I do know that there is a group of men and the yoga studio do carry a uh, event there still. Um, but it's a different focus. So, uh, but I'm glad that, you know, some people are continuing the, continuing the fight there in that town. I wanted to have a bigger uh, event in LA, but like I said, I, I put a pause to it for right now as I transition out. Yeah. Yeah. Transition is uh, some heavy lifting. Uh, so yes. you, you have to be able to stop and, and focus on yourself for, for a while. I mean, there's, you know, the introspection that you have to do. And then there's literally the administrative stuff that is uh, burdensome to say the least. So yeah, yeah totally get it. Um, as, far, as far as um, your personal practice with yoga, at, at what points did you kind of start to see that these practices were helping in, in the actual ailments of combat stress? Hmm. Um. I think multiple times, I would say, but um, I went to yoga teacher training in 2015, and I was fortunate to go through two men who actually work in Virginia Beach. Their yoga studio is in Virginia Beach, and they serve a lot of your community, actually. Okay. Um, Their names are Chris and John Yaks. And they're two brothers who are just fascinating individuals. Um, and it was great to learn from them. Um, but I recognized the healing aspect of it probably before I even attended their course. I just know that I wanted to go because of that. I, I realized how you know powerful it was. Um, and I think that was honestly after Jennifer passed. Um, she was someone I had trained and someone I had um, sent overseas and she was a little bit like a little sister to me. So that was a hard healing process for me, for sure. And, um, I think I got to a point where I was sick of numbing myself from that situation and, and, and instead, you know, started practicing very regularly to whether that be yoga or meditation. And, I noticed a significant difference, not only in my levels of anxiety, but um, in my levels of anger, you know, and, and then once attending their 200 hour course, um, it just grew from there. And like my obsession with, you know, understanding it, because they go into such depth about not just your practice and your alignment and your, all those, but I mean, I think their tagline at the end of their training is, I'm going to swear. I, I apologize, but, um, <laughs> is, uh, thanks is for the heads up. 
yeah, whatever you do, just fucking meditate. You know? <laughs> and that's awesome. And I just think that's so wonderful and, and so true is like, even if it's two minutes a day or five minutes or whatever, it really is irrelevant. Or even if it's like you in your car before you're going to work and you're just like, okay, a couple deep breaths, it's something. That's huge. And it makes a difference. You know, it really does. That's what I try to do. I mean, obviously not right now because I'm working from home, but um, when, I, <laughs> when I drive to work, the last couple of minutes I'm in the car, I shut the radio off and just I'm quiet, pull up into the parking spot, take a few deep breaths and kind of yeah. draw that line in between home and work, walk into work and I'm a lot uh, more level headed and ready to take on the day. And then vice versa, you know, through the day, work stresses build up, get in the car, yeah. last couple of minutes before I pull into the driveway, shut off the radio, pull into the driveway take a couple of deep breaths and leave those work stresses behind me and then come home and I'm a lot more present mm -hmm. at home. So I, I totally understand that. And I love that. I love that tagline. <laughs> I won't repeat it, but <laughs> I do love it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So what is your, uh, your personal practice, uh, both in the yoga world and the meditation world? What does that look like for you? Um, well, with the pandemic happening, I think like many people were trying to figure out new ways to, do things um so i normally really enjoy hot yoga uh i'm a little old and broken um <laughs> hardly you're not old <laughs> Trust that's hilarious uh well you know it definitely as you it's know the mileage. Feels like it. it's the mileage oh yes yes <laughs> 10 years will 10 years will do it to you yeah. i tell you um i mean uh I, and i and i am not um I don't want to say this because I don't want to bash females in any way, shape, or form. But um, you know, we age a little different. You know, that's all I'm saying. And 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 my bones are my bones are tired. <laughs> I think that was a good uh, but, way of saying it. Well done. <laughs> but um, so I really like hot because it's just easier for me to to practice. So uh, a couple times since the pandemic, I mean, it's been. I think we're on week five. I'm 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 on personally on week five in my my 400 square foot studio apartment. So, oh. uh, <laughs> wow. <yeah. laughs> so a few times I've turned the heat up really high and, yeah. and gotten it, you know, gotten it gotten gotten it hot in here. But um, I usually practice about two three times a week at the hot yoga studio in in the city, and then I try to practice or, or meditate uh, at least five times a week. Nice. Um, and that's, you know, right now makes it's very easy because I don't have anything else to do uh, <laughs> besides work out and meditate. So, I mean, and, and, and when I'm normally working and, and busy, um, I'd say a good week is three to four. If I'm really sitting down in front of my like meditation table and, and really focusing. Yeah. Um, but when the more you do it in, and I know you know this and the more, you know, um, and I'm sure listeners do as well, is is the more I do that, the more I am just present in every other aspect of my life, whether that's doing the dishes or walking my dogs and being like, oh, that's a really pretty flower. That's stuff that is silly, but like I it's wasn't not. like that for many, many years, you know, and it feels yeah. a lot, a lot better. Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, and, and it's funny, we, uh, Veterans Path, we just had this weekend, we had a, a virtual retreat uh, with some of our leaders 
And we talked about that very thing and in, in that it, it helps mm -hmm. you to notice the little things that seem so insignificant. Otherwise, it helps you to notice those. And when you do notice those, uh, you, you feel a lot more grounded. It's truly mm -hmm. the, the old uh, proverbial stop and smell the flowers uh, in a, in a quite, li in quite literal way. So as, uh, as far as you uh, mentioning right now, it's fairly easy for you, uh, but in the regular world, um, it's <laughs> three or four times a week. Uh, what have you found to be the most difficult part of sticking to a personal practice? Um, I think, and I don't, I, I am, I'm making a large assumption here, but I, I assume it's a fear that probably many people have, which is I've got a lot going on and a lot of stressors. And if I sit there, I'm going to have to face those things. And the anxiety that comes from that, you know, and I, I mean, I can, the stories we tell ourselves in our heads, <laughs> yes. um, I can talk myself out of anything and into anything, frankly. Um, so I think when I'm, you know, going, going, going on a day to day, um, I can talk myself out of sitting down because I don't want to face whatever it is that's really going on, you know? Um, so that's something that I have to fight against every single morning when I get up. And I actually force myself. I mean, I put a timer on my phone that says, like, do it and yells at me a little bit, you know? So, <laughs> Good for yeah, you. I, I try. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um, as far as when you first started um, mm -hmm. both yoga and meditation um, and you started telling people you were doing it, was there any type of stigma? How was it received when you were telling people that you were doing it? Um, so I think it would be different if I was different and I have no problem <laughs> talking on that note, but I've been fortunate and maybe unfortunate in certain spaces, but, um, I walk a little, I walk a little bit of a line with my androgyny to, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> so, um, if I think if I was this long blonde haired girl who wasn't in the military, who was preaching about yoga and no offense to any yoga teacher who is a long hot blonde you know, girl, yeah. um, that's harder to break into that world. Um, but because I was this very androgynous uh, female who had done those jobs and had served next to those men and women, um, I think it was a little bit easier for me to talk about it openly and honestly in, in, in a vulnerable space and not have such pushback. However, I mean, it, still, I, I, when I was at work and I would be putting up my flyers for my events, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, this looks like a great time, you know? <laughs> yeah, I imagine. <laughs> like all these men jumping on the bandwagon at all. So, I mean, it took a, it took a lot of pushing and and even with the event i think the, the feedback originally that i got was oh that was a woman's event oh really because there was two female soldiers who were hung next to the stage who had passed away and oh, wow. i was like no it wasn't it was a everyone event yeah. you know um so we really had to bring in a lot of green berets the second time around to be like this is an everyone 
conversation and an everyone issue. And, yeah. you know, so, um, it, so how's the, it's, how's it's, the feedback on the second event? Uh, I think much better. I mean, I think we, we had absolutely more of a turnout, you know, just with word of mouth and, and experiences from the first one for sure. Um, and I think as time goes on in that community, it's becoming more and more mainstream and less taboo. And I'm sure you've seen that as well. I mean, yeah, I, I, I was deployed once, I think it was my third or I, I don't know anymore, but the guys were have you know, had an acupuncturist coming out to them because yep. you know how spoiled we are. Yes. And <laughs> I'm like, that's so great. And that's so not us. And usually it's just, here's some medication and move on with your life, you know? So right. the, the times are changing and that's so great to see. So. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. As far as if someone, you know, does break through that stigma, that stereotype, and they are curious about starting, how would you recommend someone does start? I mean, and if we're talking just meditation? Either or both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it really, it, the yoga, the yoga piece can be difficult and I, and I, and, and I have a lot of empathy I've always had a lot of empathy for the male community in this space um, because it is predominantly a female cultured fitness activity, you know? So if, if it is that, and you're looking for a studio, I mean, even if, if it's your girlfriend or your partner or your wife who drags you to something, um, I say, give it a chance, you know, and, and, and know that like, no one is staring at you and no one is judging you in that room because that's not what it's about. Yeah. Um, which is really hard. And I know really hard for, and, 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 and truly do yourself a favor because you don't want to injure yourself, you know, and put your ego at the door as, as hard as that is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the meditation piece, like I said, I think is just as simple as if you just start, you know, I, I have some guys who use the, um, why can't I think of it right now in my brain? An app? Yeah, what's the app called? Inside Timer, Headspace. No, um, I use Insight Timer. Yeah, Headspace. Yeah. I have guys that use Headspace who really like it. I've never, frankly, used Headspace. I think it costs money. Um, yeah, there's, there's actually a uh, one-year free for, uh, for military veterans? members through Objective Zero. If oh, that's you've, great. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool deal that they've got going. That's awesome. I mean, I started... I don't know how many years ago, but I started with Insight Timer. It was free. I think it still is. I think you can have a membership as well. But yeah. um, and just started with like two minutes a day and something as simple as that, you know, and whether that's in your car, like you, you know, you said, or, or just laying in bed right when you open your eyes instead of grabbing your phone and just taking a few deep breaths. I mean, and it just starts there and then it progresses as, as time. But if you try to sit down and go like, I'm gonna do 30 minutes cause I can do that. Like, that's insane. And yeah. and like on a good day, it's hard for me to do that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like trying to run a marathon day one, right? Uh, <laughs> right, absolutely. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and going back to your yoga piece, you know, um, just kind of checking your ego at the door, first of all, and then second, just trying it out, giving it a chance, but don't just give it one day because you're not going to 
go in there for one session of of uh, yoga and and then come out, you know, being an expert healed. or or healed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so give us some time, just I, like anything else. Yeah, and I also say um, because normally, and and if we're just looking at the military community, especially, we like a challenge and we like the fitness aspect, um, which is what brings a lot of people. And I don't care what brings you to yoga. It doesn't matter at the end of the day, you know? Um, and if that's what it is, then go to a hot studio, you know, get it where it's 120 degrees and it's miserable and, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it is a workout. So you get yourself out of your head and you stop worrying about everything else. And, and then maybe over time that, um, you'll see that you'll see the effects in different ways, you know? Um, but I really, I, I did see that a lot with the studio in North Carolina where a lot of the reason people came in the door was for the fitness piece. And I, and I think that it doesn't matter then great. Cause at the end yeah. of the day, you are healing whether you know it or not. <laughs> right. Right on. Yeah. So um, probably coming to the, the end of the, the show here, what have we not talked about that you'd love our listeners to, to hear from you? Yeah, I don't know. I forget all the things I wrote you, you know? <laughs> I mean, if we're just talking about the, the the military piece, you know, I do have a soft spot in my heart. And um, like I said, I put a pause to to what I was working on because I, I did did recognize the need to, to focus on healing myself before walking out the door, which is, I think, a very important piece before you take the next step in the civilian world. Um, But when I was working at um, the ROTC program last year, I did see the changes in the soldiers that are coming up. And, you know, if you are a leader in the military now and, and in the future, you know, we need to shift our, the world that we, we worked in to not have the, and I don't want to use the word, <laughs> the <laughs> epidemic of, you know, overuse of pharmaceuticals and the injuries that we sustain and the things that honestly could have been preemptively avoided if we do yoga and meditation. And if we started early on, you know, that was the biggest thing that we tried to preach with freedom was you got to start that in the beginning you know, and I mean, if I would have been a different person, I know many men and many friends of mine and females as well, who if we would have started practicing at the age of 18 when we joined the military, like our lives would be a bit different, you know, so, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I say that, you know, if you're a young soldier out there, start, and it doesn't matter if you do it secretly, because people will make fun of you, it doesn't, it's irrelevant, you know, and, and maybe eventually <laughs> they won't, I don't know. I, I hate, that's how I started. I started my meditation secretly because I was, I was embarrassed, quite frankly. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. and then, and then I started seeing differences in how I was handling things. And then, and then people started asking me what I was doing differently. And that's when I knew I was mm-hmm. like, okay, this isn't just me. This is, this is legitimately making a difference. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Um, even if you I are will. scared and you start secretly, that's a, that's a way to start. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I will also say that the parallels between military training and yoga teacher training are so interesting. I remember being, I finished CRC, uh, which is a survival school for those who are listening and don't know. 
Um, and then I started yoga teacher training the weekend after. So I showed up to yoga teacher training a little malnutritioned and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and bruised to say the least. And yeah. um, one of the things they teach you at SEER, and I'm, I of course forget the acronym, but it was- Survival of Asian Resistance and Escape. Is that? No, no, oh, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. But, but the, the, the acronym for, which I think that's needed to say, yeah, but the acronym for um, when we were in interrogations, um, oh, to, to pause, think, and then respond, right? Because yeah. then you wouldn't make a mistake with what you were saying. And I'm sitting there in yoga teacher training, and the yoga teacher trainers are saying the exact same thing in regard to any sort of communication you have with your partner or your, you know, and I'm like, or your friends, or you're in an argument, or you're at work, and you're having, a, you know, someone says something to you, and instead of having this initial emotional reaction, which is what we all do, yeah. because it's easy to do, pause, and really think about what they're saying, and what they're trying to communicate, and then respond, and it's so funny, so I mean, I, I just bring that up, because there's so many similarities, if we're just really listening, you know, so, I mean, that's, Silly, silly story, but no, not at all. Okay. I, I, I love uh, both messages there to kind of wrap it up. Both the, you know, just get started, whether you do it out in the open or secretly, and then the fact yeah. that once you have started, it'll help you to pause, think, and respond. Uh, and absolutely, yeah. that's that's huge in in every yeah. uh, interaction or communication we have to to do that. It yeah, can keep you from. You know, flying off the handle, it can keep you from uh, communicating something that you normally wouldn't or shouldn't, um, mm -hmm. and that's that's both on you know the personal level in a relationship or or in the military. So uh, that's a that's a yeah. great uh, analogy there. So thanks for sharing that. As far as uh, if people wanted to reach out to you and connect with you, ask you anything uh, about what we've covered today, or just in general, what's uh, what's the best way to reach out to you? Um, so I am on LinkedIn. Uh, that would be, I would say, the first option, and I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, I think it's Danielle Alexandra Horton on there. Okay. <laughs> um, and then my Instagram is at Brigby Allen, which is a fake name, but um, happy to <laughs> <laughs> share that. Um, and it's open, so you can, you know, private message me if you'd like. Well, so what was that one again? At Brigby. Brigby, R-I-G-B-Y-A-L-L-E-N. All right, cool. Got it. Yeah. Well, that was uh, the, um, <laughs> go ahead. No, no, no. It was the, the fake name they gave me for the, the book. So I didn't oh, think that. Oh, okay. I <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Got yeah, it. Yeah. Well, Alex, this has been awesome. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's, it's uh, been a pleasure reconnecting with you and, and getting to know what, what you've been up to the last year. I'm excited for the options that you have on the table for your future. And, uh, and I hope, that we can stay in touch. Who knows? Maybe you can come and help out with a veteran's path down the line. Yeah, absolutely. It's great talking to you and I'd love to keep All me right. updated. Uh, yeah, we'll do. And for our listeners and viewers, thank you again for listening to or watching our show. Please check out veterans path online at veteranspath.org. We too are on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. If you're enjoying the podcast, Please hit the subscribe button here on the podcast or here on YouTube. Leave us a comment, a review, a like, and again, share it with anyone you feel needs to hear our message.
And remember, you can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. Thank you all and have a blessed day. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Veterans Path Podcast. Please follow us on social media and think about sharing your story with us there and potentially on the show. Together, we can make mental health a priority, improving and saving lives.